Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, we're talking about text editors. These are the tools that you use to improve the efficiency of application development. There's been quite a shift recently toward VS Code, and we've got some experts in to help us talk about this space. We've got Max Marcon, who is Senior Product Manager for Compass and Developer Tools at MongoDB, and we've got Joe Carlson back. He's on the developer advocacy team here. Uh, so we spend a little time talking about the developer landscape, and we dive into the MongoDB extension for VS Code, which enables you to uh, explore your data, explore your MongoDB data right inside your editing environment. Uh, it was a great chat with Max and Joe and Nick, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Stay tuned. You're listening to the MongoDB Podcast. MongoDB Podcast. Exploring the world of software development, data, and all things MongoDB. And now your hosts, Michael Lynn and Nick Raboy. Welcome. We are live. And we've got Max Marcon and Joe Carlson, along with Nick and myself. And today we're going to be talking about the editor landscape, text editor landscape for developers in the year 2021. What, what are we looking at in terms of popularity? And um, let's get right to it. Um, Max, uh, we've worked together for a number of years, and um, I know I've seen you at a bunch of uh, conferences, and I think, I think we ran into each other at, uh, at uh, reInvent uh, a couple of years. Uh, but I know you've been working on a lot of really cool stuff. Um, before we get into the conversation, would you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, happily. So I've been at MongoDB for a bit more than two years. And uh, when I started, I was uh, working only on Compass. And then uh, um, because we were looking at how we can make developers more productive with MongoDB, uh, Compass was not the only tool that we wanted to provide. And uh, uh, therefore, we looked at the other options uh, like VS Code that we'll be talking about in a little bit. And then uh, my team is also working on the new MongoDB shell all with the idea of making developers more productive. And this is something that uh, I really enjoy. This is something that I really care about. And uh, so I'm super happy to be at MongoDB and, and work on this kind of problems and on the developer experience. Fantastic. Now, that's not a, that's not a, uh, a, a Texas accent that I hear. Where, where are you from, Max? I'm Italian. Okay. Um, I lived in Florida for a while, actually. Um, okay. But uh, uh, yeah, then I moved to Germany. So, <laughs> and where, where are you? You're, t you're in Germany today. Yeah, I'm in Berlin. Okay, so it's getting late for you. Awesome. Uh, Joe, uh, welcome. Good to have you on the show once again. I think everybody knows, yes. everybody knows Joe Carlson, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Let it no, 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 no. No, I was last on in the GraphQL episode, if anyone remembers that one. It's my personal favorite, but I'm absolutely, biased. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, developer advocate, MongoDB, and uh, just excited to be here. Super. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, your hosts, as usual, Nick Raboy and myself. Nick, go ahead and let people know who you are. Oh, the, the spiel again. All right. Yes. So <laughs> I get the, the pleasure of working with all of these amazing guys. Um, and I am the co-host of this podcast with Mike Lynn. Awesome. Great. Well, uh, thanks, guys. And I, I guess we'll, we'll jump right into it. Um, text editors and, and development environments, IDEs. Um, I guess I'll I'll show my age. Uh, I started working pre uh, pre VI, but um, eventually pre text got, editor. Pre text editor, yeah. I was working <laughs> in a, an environment called PIC, so I, I was developing uh, applications using PIC Basic, and there was a built-in editor that was basically a stream editor, uh, a lot like Edlin used to be, uh, which was super frustrating to work with. But uh, quickly moved into VI and um, and man, it really improved my efficiency when I started developing. So I think that's the key here. Um, leveraging tools that inc increase your efficiency and, and um, IDEs are, are certainly uh, so so powerful in that space. Max, what IDE are, are you leveraging today? So um, I, I don't do a lot of coding myself. I'm a product manager, but uh, I still do mm -hmm. some. And uh, um, my VS Code, uh, VS Code is my tool of choice. Although I still use VI for commit messages, and uh, sometimes I have to do some Java, so I go with uh, JetBrains products. But uh, my my favorite editors right now is uh, VS Code. Outstanding. So are you guys all using uh, just straight VI or using Vim? 
Vim, actually. Yeah, yep. I think All everybody's right. using Vim these days. It's just called DI. I don't know. All right, but uh, so Joe, Joe, what do you what do you use when you're getting into code? What do you jump into first? What's your tool of choice? Today it's Visual Studio Code. Like I think that's pretty much everyone. Well, most people uh, are using it. Um, but yeah, I, I think I I started in Sublime, Adam, and then now I'm a diehard VS Code guy. Hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, and Mike, when you were saying you were like pre text editor, I thought you were talking like punch cards. That, that's, I thought we were going pre pre How dare you? <laughs> I think I did. I think I actually did take a, a course in COBOL when I was first learning what programming was, and in the class we actually leveraged punch cards. So that's pretty cool, though. Actually, I've never used those. Those aren't even harder. I, d- yeah. Do you have IntelliJ with the punch cards, or <laughs> no? There's oh, no code okay. suggestion either. Okay. Okay. That's good enough. So, so my story is from punch cards to VS Code. That's why I spend most of my time today in VS Code. But uh, that's a good tech talk name. I I, I think you could do that. How did right? everyone not quit back then? <laughs> <laughs> and we had to walk up uphill in the snow both ways. Both ways, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've come a long ways in tech setters, even the last couple of years. Um, like looking at the Stack Overflows, like developer reports, even in 2015, Notepad plus plus was the biggest. Tech that year, right? <laughs> from from one of the <laughs> one of the viewers, <laughs> there the are no. I will confirm that. <laughs> no ESLint errors no. on punch cards. That's absolutely true. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But oh, regular yeah. errors, you will right. get those. Absolutely. <laughs> no, we've come so a long one, ways, though. Right on. Yeah, it has been a quite a journey. And um, so, in terms of like, well, um, linting uh, is one feature obviously built that, that you get built right into VS Code today and other IDEs. But what other what other uh, capabilities that you get from modern IDEs do you find really like indispensable that you, you would find it a hard time going back to just a straight text editor? And I'll, I'll throw it to you, um, Joe, go ahead. Oh, like when would I use just like a notepad or a, a, a VI or something? Yeah. Actually, I use this a lot for, um, I use Nano all the time on my Raspberry Pi. Just for like easy to pop in. I mean, that's the, that's the benefit of having those. They're super lightweight, they're terminal based, and they're going to be on every Unix based machine yeah. ever, right? Um, so yeah. super extensible. Um, I will try to avoid it if all possible. Actually, um, so Visual Studio Code has this new SSH remote workspace feature, which has been that I don't have to do nano and VI anymore. I just SSH in, I could do all my editing straight in there. That's been a total Wait. game changer for me. Wait a minute, you edit directly in production? <laughs> yes, yes. If it's my Raspberry Pi that's sitting in my bedroom, I will do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't have a staging Pi environment yet, but yeah. uh, maybe next year. So that's great. I, I love SSH built right into my IDE. That's a, that's a game changer. Now, there are other environments that we're probably not going to touch too much on today. Like uh, I spend a good bit of time in Xcode, which I absolutely love. When I'm writing Swift, it's, uh, it's amazing. And the things that I really like about Xcode um it the How code suggestion to start up <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna start a flame war we're gonna <laughs> it's worth it though i really do enjoy the uh enjoy the environment i like the code suggestions i like the the built-in linting and and uh i don't know it just makes it for me anyway it makes it a whole lot more a whole lot easier to learn i think i'm I'm really new to swift um and vs code has these very same things built into it i know sublime had a a fantastic array of extensions. Um, I think I did, I did along my way to VS code, I spent some time in sublime, but it's things like that. So um, I guess um, what I'd like to eventually get to is, is talking about the, the MongoDB extension for VS code and how that came to be. And um, really what's the, what's the journey been like Max? Yeah. So um, as I, as I mentioned earlier, a couple of years ago, the the only real developer tool that we had uh, uh, with a UI was Compass, and and Compass is great because like you can use it to explore your data, to run your queries, test your queries, and all of that. But the 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 real um, situation is that developers spend the majority of their time inside their code editor, inside their IDE, and uh, we didn't really want them to jump jump from one place to another, one window to another. You already have uh, your ID, your browser, you are like testing your website, and uh, um, and and it's a bit annoying that you have to switch between one place and another, and and so we were trying to find a way for them to be more productive inside the environment where they already were, 
And, uh, and so we did a, a bit of uh, like uh, user research, a bit of market research. We looked at uh, what uh, developer environment were more popular. And uh, with, the, with the learnings from that uh, uh, research, we, we basically found that, well, first of all, VS Code uh, already two years ago was the most popular IDE or a code editor. It's technically not an IDE, I guess, but a code editor. And uh, um, back then, it was already used by, I think, more than 40% of the developers, uh, according to the Stack Overflow uh, developer survey. And then a year later, it was like more than 50%. So there was a clear opportunity to like, be where the developers are uh, by providing an extension for VS Code and, uh, and to make their life easier as they were working with an application built on top of MongoDB. Mm. And... Uh, um, we, we evaluated other options. We evaluated uh, uh, the JetBrain suite as uh, another potential target, but uh, uh, this, we saw that VS Code was really growing, not only just as an editor, but as a platform, uh, as, a, as a way to, to work with uh, not just your application code, but your database, your cloud environment. And we thought that that would be a good place to insert some MongoDB functionality. So developers would have it there right away without going somewhere else, without necessarily having to switch window and go to Compass every time they needed to um, just take a look at the data or um, look at the schema of their collections. And, and that's why we started uh, designing the extension and building it. Mm. I just want to say, I think you, you brought <clears throat> something I think is key to what makes Visual Studio Code so cool. It's like, it's a, it's more than a, editor it's a platform right and like yeah. i think its success has been based on its extensibility through plugins right like yeah i think that's definitely one aspect of it uh, i think uh, when it just started it, it didn't have so many extensions uh it just uh, it was very similar to atom it was just mm. faster and so Gradually, developers migrated from one to another because they had uh, an environment that was the same as the one they were used to but faster and then it started going as a platform and uh, you'd be like as a Python developer, you'd find a Python extension that would help you uh, work faster with Python. Uh, as a Go developer, you'd find something that would provide you great autocomplete and great tools for Go. And so you'd start using VS Code. JavaScript mm. and TypeScript uh, obviously uh, benefited a lot from the work that was done in core VS Code plus extensions. And I think that's why uh, popularity uh, grew very quickly. Hmm. So I, I want to ask if you could just maybe um, get a little bit closer to the microphone. I think you're a little low. Yeah. Um, How about now? <clears throat> that sounds much better. Thank you. It's great. Um, so when looking at uh, the editor landscape, you chose VS Code because of the numbers. I think that the numbers speak for themselves. We did a little bit of uh, market testing prior to going live with this stream today. We did a Twitter poll. And I think at last I checked, there were something like 1,200 responses, 1,200 votes. And the poll was quite simple, basically proposing which, which uh, code editing environment people are using. And an overwhelming majority, I think 76, 77% of the respondents selected VS Code. So, I mean, it's clear that VS Code is, is way out in front. Why, why do you think that is? I mean, I'm interested in you, you guys... Oh, your your thoughts on why VS Code is so popular? I honestly am not too sure. So I, I used to come from Atom. I used to uh, use that very aggressively. Um, I think that VS Code, I mean, I think I switched to VS Code because the extensions uh, were more reliable in a sense that there was more, they were, they were heavily supported, there was less problems. Um, but maybe, maybe if I had to guess some of the popularities behind... Um, since it's a Microsoft product, it's it's got a heavy, it's got a very uh, well-known brand behind it. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts? I have so many thoughts. I'm gonna try to keep it <laughs> small. But um, so I, I was thinking, it's like Mike, you brought up an excellent point though about using Visual Studio Code. Like a lot of times, our um, like our IDEs of choice are the ones that work best with the programming tools. And I think Xcode works great if you're developing iOS apps, right? And it's no brainer. You you have to use that, right? Um, so, but like, I think Visual Studio Code is like great for web development, and it's also super beginner friendly. And I think MongoDB as a database is a really great database if you're just getting into development, right? Because it's easier to use than anyone else's. Um, 
So, I, which I think is what makes it a natural choice for these developers. I, I did want to say one other thing too that I think no one's brought up about Visual Studio Code is that it's actually I feel like it's transcending text editors as like a is like an application. Like we're seeing it integrated in so many mm. different places. Like GitHub's new code spaces, you can start editing it online, right? There's like it's 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 going on beyond what we consider an IDE and like moving into new places that they've never been before. That's exciting. And it's, it's leaving the app window, which yes. is pretty cool. Yep. And Max, there are some other things that you're working on in that space. You want to talk a little bit about um, MongoDB? I, I, I assumed you were working on some of these things, MongoDB Shell and, and some of those. Do they fall into your area of responsibility? Yeah, they do. So I'm, uh, I'm the product manager for developer tools, and that includes Compass, uh, uh, MongoDB for VS Code, and uh, the new MongoDB shell, MongoSH. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's really interesting is that uh, um, we, we were kind of looking at this as three different products, but then as we were building the new MongoDB shell, and, and one of the big requirements of the shell was that we could embed it into other places, then it became kind of the engine between uh, uh, the the playgrounds in VS Code, and uh, it's embedded in Compass now. So now there's this uh, uh, MongoDB-aware uh, component uh, uh, behind uh, these great UI tools, and, uh, and we can use it uh, for everything, plus you can use it in your terminal. And, uh, mm. and we try to, to build uh, like a user experience that is great no matter what environment you're in. If it's the terminal, then uh, fine. You use the shell, you have... Uh, syntax highlighting, you have autocomplete, mm -hmm. and all this kind of this, this interesting stuff that makes you more productive. If you are in Compass, well, you have a GUI to explore your data, but like it's one click to just bring up the shell and use it there. Mm. And if it's VS Code, the, the workflow is, is very much uh, uh, IDE or editor-centered, but uh, you are still interacting with MongoDB in, in a way that is very similar to how you'd interact with it if you were in the shell, for example. Yeah. Before we get Max, to, to the... Oh. Before we get to the question, sorry, um, I just want to explain. There may be some people uh, tuning into the to the stream that don't know what Compass is. What is Compass, Max? So Compass is uh, the GUI for MongoDB. It's it's a visual uh, tool. It's it's almost I wouldn't call it an IDE. I think uh, uh, IDE is kind of a, this word that comes with a lot of uh, baggage, I guess. But it's a mm. uh, it's a GUI that uh, uh, very simply allows you to connect to a MongoDB cluster, server, Atlas cluster, wherever. And uh, it gives you um, a visual way to navigate and explore your data. It gives you uh, capabilities to explore your schema and figure out if there, if there are outliers, if it, uh, if, it is, if it has the shape it should have. And, uh, and another feature that Compass has that uh, uh, a lot of users use and enjoy is the aggregation pipeline builder. So, Mm. For those of you who are not familiar with uh, like the full extent of uh, MongoDB query language, so you can you can write your queries, you can do a find query, and uh, uh, you write regular MQL, and uh, uh, that gets you to your data. But MongoDB also has uh, an aggregation framework, which is very powerful and allows you to um, query your data. You you match your data for the with the filters that uh, that you are interested in. But then also you can uh, you can do projections, you can group, you can really. Uh, start with your collection and uh, end with uh, something that looks completely different and contains the insights that you were looking for uh, inside the data. And Encompass with uh, a visual aggregation builder uh, helps you like break down your aggregation stage by stage. Uh, it gives you real-time previews of the results. And then when you're done with it, you can just take it and export it into code and, and just copy-paste it inside your application, whether it's Python, Node.js, or Java. And, uh, and then you can go the other way as well. So if your aggregation is broken, you just copy it from your code editor uh, into Compass, you debug it, you find the problem, and then you copy-paste it back. And mm. I guess that with Visual Studio Code, we want something like, like something in between, uh, a like proper GUI to work with your data. And uh, like an editor where you need to just know the language by heart, we, we want to help you uh, and, uh, and do it inside the, the place where you already are and where you're typing your application code. Meet the developers where they are. That's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> we have a question coming in from Ayush. Um, is the Visual Studio Code plugin open source to contribute to? Yes, it is. Uh, it's licensed uh, under Apache 2, and uh, we welcome contributions. And maybe at some point we could. We could put the um, 
the GitHub URL. I think it's under mongodb-js, right? Yeah, I Joe just shared it in the... We will do that. Um, I would love to see this thing. You up for doing a little demo, Max? Yeah, I am. All right. While you do that, I'm going to add the banner. Give folks info on where they can contribute if they want to. There we go. And there we go. We'll add your... Your screen. So, so for those listening in, um, Max is going to do a brief demo. We'll try to be as descriptive as possible. He's got his uh, his editing environment open. He's opened VS Code and he's showing that he's already loaded the VS Code extension for MongoDB. Go ahead, and Max. Max. Yeah. So the extension is installed on my VS Code. Uh, there's a little leaf here in your uh, sidebar, and uh, when you click on it, uh, you activate the extension and. Uh, um, you have here a very long list of connections in my case, because I work with many clusters, uh, with several products. Uh, I test uh, our products across different uh, environments. And uh, therefore I have a long list of uh, uh, connections here. But uh, essentially if this were empty, there would be a button that tells you add a new connection. And uh, so I'm Max, yep. um, inside of your list, I'm seeing some uh, emojis in there. Are those emojis that you've added as far as naming goes? Or yes. do those have a special meaning? No, so they have a special meaning for me because they help right. me recognize the connections very easily in the list. But uh, yes, I can uh, uh, rename a connection. And uh, in this case, I put a unicorn emoji to know that that's my demo cluster. So the Docker Mongo has, has it's just a coincidence that there's a whale on there then, right? It's not a coincidence, because... no. All right. <laughs> to know that uh, when I, yeah. Um. But yeah, I love emojis. They are very visual and they help me recognize stuff. It's um, great that it supports that. So, so now you're, you're open with the editor. You've, you've supplied connection details to the MongoDB cluster. And that can be in, uh, in any environment. It doesn't have to be in MongoDB Atlas, correct? Correct, yes. So I, I can uh, connect with uh, a connection string, for example. And uh, I can paste anything here. It can be like MongoDB um, localhost, and I would connect to it. It could be your on-premise MongoDB or the connection string that you copy-paste from Atlas. And uh, wherever MongoDB is, you can connect to it. Now, what about security? Can you obfuscate the password or, or store that in an environment variable somewhere? Or does that need to be stored in the VS Code configuration? Um, so... The, the password, so when you copy-paste the connection string, you will see the password, but then it will be stored securely in your keychain. Okay. So you will never see the password. Like, well, that's not right, actually. I can copy this connection string and uh, use it in some other applications, and that will have the password, but the password mm. is securely stored in the keychain, and uh, there is no way for other applications to access it. Okay, great. So now I, I connect to a cluster, and uh, it works uh, the way you'd expect. So I have a list of uh, databases. Uh, I can uh, pick any of these. This is the sample data that you get uh, uh, in Atlas when you load a sample cluster. And uh, for each collection, we show a sample of uh, uh, the documents here. I can open them and also see the content of the document. And uh, what's also very interesting here, I think, in the, in the tree view of VS Code is that uh, we show the schema and the indexes. And those are very uh, convenient when you are building an application, you have to create a query, and you're trying to figure out what data you can query, what uh, type each of the fields are, and uh, uh, you have it right here in the, in the tree view. And you can even copy the field name if you are trying to build a, a query inside your Node.js or your Go application, for example. Wow, so I, I, want, I just wanna describe this for the folks that are just listening in. Um, so he's still in VS Code and in the, the editor layout, when you use VS Code, you typically have your file explorer window on the left, upper left, and you can navigate through directories, ultimately targeting a file that you want to edit. VS Code extension for MongoDB does exactly the same thing. So he's still navigating through a file explorer type view of starting with databases and expanding those and showing the individual collections underneath those. And now, now that you've got a document displayed in the main portion of VS Code, what can you do there? Can you edit? Not yet, but this is coming soon. So um, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil exactly how it will work, but uh, um, <laughs> we are, so we, we started with something simpler, 
where uh, we implemented the basic capabilities to navigate and explore your data. And then uh, we added playgrounds, I'll show them in a little bit, uh, to uh, essentially do any operation that you can do in MongoDB, but you have to type it manually. And then mm -hmm. the next step is uh, to really enable uh, the full uh, crowd capabilities through the UI. So you can select a document or search for a document and then uh, uh, say, okay, I want to edit this. And then you'll be able to edit it, uh, save, and the changes will save the back in MongoDB. Fantastic. So almost like a, um, well, I guess it's, it's getting into the space that Compass is in, right? A little bit, yes. Mm. But, uh, but the, the flow is, uh, is more natural for uh, a code editor. So in, while in Compass, you have a very visual representation of the data. You like, double click on a field, uh, you select it. <clears throat> You say, okay, now I really want to update this document, update, confirmation methods. In VS Code, it's more like editing a file. So you'll open a document and uh, uh, it will be opened in an editor. You will change something in that document. Uh, you will do uh, Command S or Control S if you're on Windows, and that document will, will be saved back into MongoDB. Wow. And do we have a timeline for when that will be available? Um, I would say, let's say before Christmas. Oh, great. Fantastic. Um, so what about, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, one more, one real quick. What about, uh, schema enforcement? Is that going to be adhered to in the editor? So that's not supported yet, but it's mm -hmm. definitely something we can consider. I think, uh, um, I see that, uh, like a lot of people do schema enforcement at the application level. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, a lot of people are not even aware that we can enforce schema uh, at the database level, but we can. So you can mm -hmm. specify your validation rules in, uh, in JSON schema and attach those to the collection. And uh, once you've done that, uh, the, the database will reject uh, inserts or updates that are not uh, uh, in compliance with the schema. Mm -hmm. I mean, technically, there, there is a way to uh, configure your validation rules inside VS Code, because as I said, you have playgrounds, uh, which I'll show in a minute. and uh, Playgrounds are um, a shell-like environment in a text editor. So there you could specify your rules in JSON schema, but we don't have a UI uh, way of doing it. Yeah. So, so up on your screen, you have, uh, you have this, this document open, and it's kind of like a file, like you said. Uh, let's say somebody edits this document elsewhere uh, through a driver or through Compass or who, who knows. Um, will this document that's currently open update uh, after a period of time, or or do you have to go refresh it? You have to refresh it. All right. Great. So did you want to show playgrounds or, or some other yeah. feature? Uh, just last thing, I wanted to show indexes because I, I think uh, like one of the problems that uh, you often encounter, encounter in terms of performance with MongoDB is that uh, you add queries to your application, and then you say, oh, your application, your application is low. I don't know what to do about that. And uh, uh, it turns out that you forgot that uh, uh, that query was not covered by an index. And so we thought that uh, having indexes here in the tree view, just uh, right next to your application, is very helpful to, uh, for you to ensure that you have the mm. right indexes in place when you go and query your data. Fantastic. Let me show playgrounds. So playgrounds are a, oh, there's a cow here. Um, and I'll show that later. So playgrounds are um, a JavaScript uh, environment uh, where you can run MongoDB uh, shell code, and uh, um, you can essentially run any shell command here with uh, syntax highlighting, autocomplete, uh, and uh, um, you can do CRUD operations, you can set validation rules, uh, you can even configure your cluster if you want to. And, uh, and then you see the results in real time in the output part of uh, VS Code. So for example, in this uh, playground, I'm uh, selecting a database, I'm dropping a collection, I'm doing an insert menu to insert uh, a number of documents, uh, and then I'm doing uh, like a find uh, and an aggregate. Let me delete the aggregate. And now if I run this, uh, this will go to MongoDB, will run all this code as uh, this was a shell, and then it shows the output here. And uh, I can go, change my code, run it again, and uh, uh, iterate on the results. And the, re the main reason why we built this is uh, um, to give you a way to experiment with your queries, with your aggregations, with your data, before you go and write the code inside the application. So mm -hmm. 
I can build an uh, aggregation here, stage by stage, find the results I need, and only when I'm satisfied, then I go and copy paste it into my Node.js application, for example. Fantastic. And, and this is some of the benefits of having MongoDB have such a, a tight relationship with JavaScript, right? It's you can interact with the database using JavaScript commands. How did yeah. you open that? I, I might have missed that, but if I'm yeah. if I've downloaded and and downloaded and installed the VS Code extension, I wanna I wanna use the playground as well. How did you get that open? So the first thing you have to do <clears throat> is to connect to a database, like to a server, to a cluster, or or something. You can still create a playground, but it won't run if it is not connected to a cluster. And then you can do you open the command palette, which is the uh, typical way you run commands in VS Code. Mm -hmm. And you select uh, uh, create MongoDB playground, and then you type enter, and uh, uh, the default playground file opens. You can also configure it to be empty, so you can start empty every time. But I find myself typically doing like a find or an aggregate, so having already something pre-filled that I can just delete what I don't need is uh, is much more convenient. Oh, that's great. So that what we're looking at now is the it says it's using um, MongoDB, MongoDB VS code playground db which probably doesn't exist in your environment Correct. and it's it's dropping it in case it does and then it's inserting a bunch so that's that's a great way to familiarize users of the extension with how it works i mean it, essentially it's creating a a database and a collection from scratch yeah well well done and and we use playgrounds uh, for like a lot of the functionality that uh, is not immediately accessible through the ui because obviously one uh, one thing that uh, um, you find when uh, uh, you build uh, components for um, a platform like VS Code is that you have constraints. Like the UI only lets you do uh, certain things, and and we had that challenge with that, with this extension. So what we decided to do to tackle this challenge is that uh, for some functionality, we'll just rely on playgrounds. For example, if I want to create an index. VS Code doesn't really have a framework, like a UI framework, where I can uh, like have a wizard and ask the user, okay, select this, uh, click there. So what we did is build uh, a playground that gives you a template for an index, and you can just uh, edit in and out fields, and uh, uh, at the end of it, you run it, and you have the index created. We, we had a question up. Did um, Yeah, there we go. Can you set a baseline playground template? Right now, Neil you cannot, but... Uh, we welcome that as a feature request. Where do people go to, to give you feature requests? So uh, a lot of users do that through issues on GitHub. Um, we happily accept that. I have to say it's not our favorite way. Uh, the best way would be to go to feedback.mongodb.com, select uh, MongoDB for VS Code, and uh, um, submit your feature request there. The reason for that is that people can vote, uh, and uh, we have a pretty mm. good backend where we can prioritize things based on uh, uh, the activity, the votes, and uh, it really helps us uh, design our roadmap based on like what people feel the extension should have. Have you gotten many uh, pull requests or, or feedback items? Uh, pull requests, uh, I have to say, not so many, but we did get a lot of feedback. And uh, one interesting piece of feedback uh, that we got almost at the very beginning when people started using Playgrounds was that uh, they wanted uh, a way to require external code. Like a person said, oh, I use Moment.js every time to format my dates. I would really <laughs> like to require that. And uh, um, it turns out that uh, it was relatively straightforward to uh, support. And uh, um, and so now it's uh, it's possible to require stuff, and that's why basically I had a cow earlier on my screen, because uh, um, in this uh, playground uh, I I'm requiring the uh, cowsay <laughs> node module, and uh, I have a database called Twitter, and uh, there's a little aggregation here. This morning I uh, I seeded this collection with uh, the um, replies to the MongoDB tweet uh, about this uh, uh, Twitch stream. And uh, uh, this basically picks a random document from there and then uh, shows it uh, in, uh, in the calcate kind of way. And uh, <laughs> you get a cow and uh, one person said, uh, I use Veeam. Fantastic. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, are there any limitations to uh, the, the type of JavaScript libraries that you can include right now? Or can you just do any JavaScript MPM module? I want module? to say you can do any. So uh, if you go to your like home directory, there's a, typically a hidden directory called uh, like .vscode if you're on Mac or Linux, where VS Code stores uh, all its extensions. And if you do npm install there, 
than any module you can use inside Playgrounds. Um, I think you might have covered this early on, but was this a Skunkworks project early on? The the extension, you mean? Yeah. Um, not completely, but uh, mm. during Skunkworks last year, um, Lucas had built a, a proof of concept for some of the components of this extension, uh, one mm-hmm. of them being Playgrounds. And uh, uh, but then we basically uh, so we use that kind of as a technical design, and then mm-hmm. uh, we re- we rebuilt it from scratch uh, uh, as we like started becoming serious and making this uh, like a user facing product. So you you mentioned Lucas. Uh, I I'm sure you're referring to Lucas Roboski, who used yep. to be on the developer tools teams. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Nick, go ahead. You had something. Yeah, I mean, it, I, you're throwing around skunk work. It's probably a good idea to mention what exactly that is. Uh, for the, the listeners, and and any of you can correct me if if I've got the the poor explanation of it, but uh, it's a company wide internal hackathon that we have every year, where we work on projects uh, around MongoDB to try to create something cool and maybe even productize it, right? Right, and that's internal only, right, Nick? Uh, as far as I know, yes, but I maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are you are right. Uh, fantastic project, though. Every year it comes around is exciting and i think you had something in this year's skunk works uh bake off oh Nick. yeah i do uh so i i'll actually be streaming about this on, on twitch uh in, within a few weeks but i'm not sure when, when this episode will air so we'll we'll have to wiggle it in there <laughs> all right sounds good all right uh, max what's next for the extension what can we look for in terms of a roadmap right so as I said earlier, the next thing you're going to see in the extension is uh, uh, document editing. So the first thing that uh, we're going to release probably in the next uh, couple of weeks is uh, uh, so the output of Playgrounds, instead of being down here, um, we'll move it in uh, an editor uh, tab. So it will have syntax highlighting, uh, it will be easier to select, it will be easier to save. And then from there, uh, we'll add the document editing. <laughs> which means essentially a couple of things. One, that uh, the documents I select in the tree view here um, are editable, but also that uh, if I use a playground to search for like uh, some document, some specific documents in my collection, then I'll be able to say, I want to edit this. And, uh, uh, and then you'll go in editing mode and you'll be able to update that document directly in MongoDB. Where so does the... Where do the playgrounds live? That's that's not stored in the database in any way, right? That's that's just stored in your local VS Code environment, correct? So uh, playgrounds are just files on the file system, uh, which mm-hmm. makes them very convenient, I think, because uh, you can share them with your team. And uh, uh, when you start a project, you can have a playground to seed your database, and anybody who checks out that repository can just run the same playground, and they will have exactly the same mm. database that you had when you started the project. So what other uh, features do we need to talk about before we leave the, um, the VS Code extension? I think this was most of it. Uh, one other thing that is worth showing is uh, the ability to uh, launch an interactive shell. So when, uh, when I'm connected to a cluster, I can just say, give me a shell connected to this cluster. And now if there is no demo effect, yeah, I have a shell connected to that cluster. So I can, I can start doing like show DBs and show collections. So while you're doing that, so what you did was, uh, I think you right-clicked on the file explorer on a, on a collection yeah, on or a, on a connection? On a cluster. On a cluster. Yeah, on a connection. And, and you I, selected... I said, launch MongoDB shell. And uh, because uh, we know what the connection mm-hmm. string for this uh, uh, cluster is, then we can just uh, uh, give it to the shell in the VS Code terminal. And then... Uh, um, you get an interactive shell that you can use to uh, work with MongoDB. And do you need to have anything additionally installed in order to leverage that capability? Yes, you have to have uh, the shell installed in your path, whether it's the um, older Mongo shell or the brand new Mongo SH shell, it doesn't make a difference, but it has to be in your path. Fantastic, well, this has been a, a great discussion, great demo, thank you. Um, what other IDE environments are you going to target for, for this type of functionality? What's next? So right now our focus is really on VS Code. Um, we thought that at some point we would have a similar functionality also in uh, JetBrains IDEs because uh, uh, there is a big community around JetBrains as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, yes, VS Code is definitely the most used uh, code editor, 
But uh, uh, the JetBrains IDEs, are, I think they are very good and very solid products and they have a big community. Um, but then we realized that they were building uh, support for MongoDB themselves. And uh, um, they have a, like a product called DataGrip, which is uh, uh, primarily focused around working with databases. And uh, um, the, the MongoDB support is built in there, but then the same support is also in the, I think it's called database tools uh, plugin that you can install in all the other commercial IDs that uh, are part of the JetBrain uh, suite. And mm. uh, what's nice about that is that uh, that comes also with the MongoDB shell embedded. So the new MongoDB shell, MongoSage, is open source. It's uh, under Apache 2 as well. And uh, JetBrains uh, embedded it inside DataGrip uh, uh, and uh, they're using it as an interface between the UI and uh, uh, the MongoDB server. Outstanding. We love those guys. We love JetBrains. Joe, did you have a question? Oh, kind of. I was just, I, the reason I'm here on the podcast is because I wrote a blog post about it and I've been using it for, <laughs> since it came out, right? I don't know, a couple months ago, right? Um, but I thought it might be interesting to talk about it like from an end user's perspective. Like, um, like when would you want to use this or not use it? Or like, who who would be like a target audience for this? Um, and I just want to say too, like I've been using it for months now and it's been super helpful. Um, I code primarily in MongoDB. Um, I basically have it open every single time I'm working on an app. Mm -hmm. It just makes it super easy to check it out um, all Fantastic. in one place. Yeah. But... Tell, us, tell us about that article, Joe. I don't know. If you guys are curious, I wrote a blog post kind of going through it. Like, it's like an opinionated guide to like working through all the features, um, a lot of the features of the of the of this. So basically, the demo he went through today. Um, I would encourage though, if you're using a MongoDB database, you should totally go check this. Just download and check it out and connect it. It will like make your life easier. Um, yeah, it's. But uh, let's see here. I'm. I'll post the. We'll post the uh, link to the blog post. You should check it out. Awesome. I think maybe like one thing that uh, I now remember that you mentioned in your blog post and uh, I forgot to show is uh, is more for like DevOps engineers than than for developers. Terraform. But basically, we have uh, a um, convenient way to uh, work with Atlas uh, and Terraform. So, for those of you who don't know, um, Atlas, uh, uh, our database as a service, has a Terraform provider, and you can uh, spin up uh, Atlas clusters via Terraform. And uh, we thought it would be nice to um, have some sort of support for that inside the VS Code extension, because again, we want to make your life easier and we want you to be able to work with MongoDB uh, as effectively as possible. And so now if I say this file is a Terraform file, and what I'm doing is just using a VS Code shortcut to basically change the file type. And now I type Atlas into it. I immediately get uh, a Terraform uh, I think it's called template, but I might say it wrong, um, with uh, uh, the basic configuration that you need to spin up uh, um, a set of Atlas resources with uh, um, placeholders for all the stuff that you need to fill in. So like you want to give it uh, and give the project a name, uh, my project, uh, you want to give the cluster the name, you want it either in AWS, Azure or GCP. And uh, um, you want a certain wow. region, a certain size of the instance. Uh, and, Where are uh, these? Uh, this you, you just blew my mind, Max. So how did you get into to this editing session? So, Expl uh, so yes, imagine so imagine somebody's listening in on on the audio only podcast. Right. So VS Code is very powerful and uh, has the concept of uh, snippets. And uh, snippets mm. are not just uh, uh, code that you could copy paste from one place to another. You can define placeholders and you can define uh, what type of placeholders are in, in that particular like snippet. And so what I did here was uh, create a new empty Terraform file. I type Atlas, which is the keyword to invoke that particular snippet. And uh, the extension filled out uh, uh, the, the document wow. with uh, um, the basic information that you need uh, to bootstrap um, Atlas an Atlas cluster via Terraform. Wow, that's incredible. So this is not just this is not just visibility into your MongoDB databases and collections. It's actually like we alluded to earlier, it's building out a platform. So the MongoDB extension for VS Code delivers these snippets as a part of the installation, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Oh, fantastic. 
And I noticed as you were editing that file, are there templated variables that, how did you get those dropdowns to appear that where you were selecting yeah, the so, provider, GCP, AWS, et cetera? Yeah, so when you, def when you build an extension that contains snippets, when you define the snippet, you can say for this variable or for this part of the snippet, I want to uh, ask the user for input. And you can say the input is just text, so the placeholder is replaced with the text that the user types. Or you can say the input is one of these three choices, and in, in that case, uh, uh, AWS, GCP, or Azure. What really uh, VS Code did very well, um, besides really supporting the community and help them build these extensions, is also make the extension API this powerful, because really, uh, Anything, almost anything you can think of is part of the API. You are constrained because you are inside an environment that someone else has built, but uh, uh, the, the entire framework is extremely powerful. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Incredible. So are there any other hidden, hidden gems like the, um, like the Terraform editing capabilities? Um, yeah, I guess so. Like in the sense that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, playgrounds uh, also include uh, autocomplete. And, and there are two types of autocomplete. One is uh, uh, I autocomplete uh, collection names, for example. Now it takes a while because it's the first time that I do, I do it. But uh, uh, let's, yeah, it, it completes commands and uh, um, collection names. But there is also another type of autocomplete. So now if I say aggregate, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm typing an aggregation, by the way, for those of you who are just listening. And then I say, okay, the first stage of an aggregation is a match because all good aggregation starts with a match. Now I say dollar match and we have a keyword. So we could recognize the keyword dollar match mm. and uh, we suggest the template. And we use exactly the same templates that we use in Compass. So um, they have comments, they tell you, oh, this variable is supposed to be that, this placeholder is supposed to be replaced by that. And you know, with match, almost anybody can write a match query because it's basically, the same syntax as a find. But when you start doing things that are a bit more complex, like for example, a dollar lookup, for example, then you have comments that tell you, oh, from is the target collection, local field is the local join field, foreign field is the target join field. And uh, um, all of this uh, helps you saving uh, uh, keystrokes, but also writing the correct syntax, which is something that uh, um, sometimes you struggle with when the grammar is so um, extensive. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Now you're in a playground, you've opened a playground and it's doing autocomplete in that playground. Do you add anything to the base functionality for let's say this, the JavaScript syntax um, portfolio? Yes. Um, so what we do is, uh, um, so we add uh, MongoDB keywords, but also when uh, uh, the cluster is connected to and uh, you, the, the extension starts loading databases and collection, then we see the, the autocompleter list with uh, the list of uh, databases and collections. So uh, when I start db dot, the um, autocompleter knows that there there can either be a function, and then we have the list of all the possible MongoDB function, or there could be a collection name. And uh, therefore it provides collection names from all the collections that are available in that particular database that you've selected uh, above. Wow, so it caches, it connects to the, to the database, caches the list of collections and stores those in a way that you can leverage throughout your editing experience. Fantastic job. Uh, Joe, Nick, anything else before we, we start to wrap uh nothing from me yeah. mike this, yeah it was fantastic i just want to say i think it's great i love it I, I i had this idea to build this for skunk Works last year and i got <laughs> slapped because they said that you guys were building this so this is like this is to there's a total huge need for that i think it's amazing um yeah i i'm excited to see where it goes i think it's and i want everyone to keep in mind this is like it just got launched this is fairly new product like um this is this is the beginning yeah. right we're still working on this thing so the majority so, uh, yeah. the majority of the feedback we built, I guess, in the first like four months, and then we launched, and then uh, we launched, and it became a real thing. We started getting feedback, and we started adding functionality, and uh, um, let's see where it goes. I think uh, uh, the the more we start uh, um, sort of like completing the basic functionality to work with MongoDB, the more we start looking into how this extension could be um, 
helpful when you work specifically with Atlas and the services that only exist in Atlas. And so there will, I think there will be a, uh, the extension will be uh, more tied also to the uh, cloud functionality that is part of our data platform. Well, terrific. Uh, Max, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Uh, before we go, Joe, um, you want to tell people where they can find you? Best way to get a hold of me is on Twitter at Joe Carlson One. See you there. All right. And Max, how do people get a hold of you? Um, same at uh, MRCorn on Twitter. Um, and uh, feedback about the extension, uh, uh, I'll happily get through GitHub or through feedback.mongodb.com. And Nick, anything from you before we close out? Uh, yeah. So this, this is an episode that will appear on the podcast. Uh, if you've never heard the podcast before. Um, the, the link is mongodb.com slash podcast, and uh, we have a lot of very informative episodes just like this. Um, so if you're in your car, going somewhere, working out, you need something to listen to, well, perfect time to educate yourself on some of the cool things on MongoDB. Fantastic. And we love feedback on the podcast. We love reviews. If you, you happen to take the time to uh, click the like button or find the review capability on apple for example we would love to hear from you um not only what you thought of this episode but what do you think of the, the podcast in general and uh maybe even suggestions about what we should cover in the future would love to hear from you either in the review space or um, you can visit us in the community if you uh, head on over to community.mongodb.com i know that all four of us spend time in there so if you wanted to ask a question about the vs code extension about the podcast about anything, we'd be happy to uh, to interact with you there. So once again, community.mongodb.com. Uh, I want to thank both Max and, and Joe for visiting us on the podcast, and uh, thank you. we'll have to have you back. You Thanks. have to. You have to. <laughs> awesome. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Have a question or a suggestion for the show? Visit us in the MongoDB community forums at community.mongodb.com.